If you were going to do that, you should just let me play it on the phone. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. I'd argue either that one's like the most well-known or Live and Learn. Yeah. Live and Learn. Oh, <laughs> uh, we talking about Sanic? What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> We talking about the 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 blue the blue hedgehog with the stinky feet. What with, with, with the red jays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you've probably heard all those stupid ass videos. It's like, can you imagine how much Sonic's feet stink? <laughs> <laughs> he just runs around all day. He's probably got really stinky feet. I was like, what's fucking stupid? <laughs> it's about as dumb as all those uh, like little random uh. Uh, little like snippets of him and everything. It's like, it's like, look at you with dry lips. No, don't lick them now. Yeah. Dry lip having ass. <laughs> my, my brother sent me a meme the other day. Let me find it real quick. And it had Sonic on it. <laughs> <laughs> what did it say? Let me let me find it real quick. Oh. It's a picture of Son- of Golden Sonic. It was like tough talk for a fellow with a small cock. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I had to do it to him, so I, I sent him back that. Uh, my my bad, unfucks your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, we uh we decided to get uh uh on the track of the uh, series continuing off of Sega. Take a break from the uh, uh, non. What would you say the the? We're just getting back to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're we're probably gonna do antagonists uh, uh, after the three games we do for Sega, which uh, will be you know continuing off of the favorite protagonist episodes we just released. But, uh, yeah, so we get into this because, uh, there's, there's a little bit of information, uh, to cover. Not, not as much as, uh... Sega? Yeah. Yeah, Sega had a fucking Definitely lot. not as much as what that was. No, um, uh, ironically enough, Sonic doesn't have that much to talk about. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, uh, is that we're not going to be covering, a co- like, I know I've said this before, but... We're not going to be covering like the uh, the other forms of media, really. You know, like the animations and yeah, uh, shit like that. There was a Sonic anime, <laughs> but that's not our forte here on a gaming podcast. <laughs> you can't play an anime I don't know, unless it's unless it's really badly. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I feel like an anime can play you. It really can. <laughs> Maybe we're the game. <laughs> Take it's the, time to play the game. Take Triple the, H just bust through your door. <laughs> take the red pill. <laughs> take the blue pill. <laughs> oh, and I got myself set up for failure with Triple H. I gotta play it real quick. Oh no! Don't get this copyrighted. Oh no! You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> time to oh home. Is it just called the game? Oh. I, don't, I don't know, man. Oh, shit, let me look it up real quick. I'm just looking up Triple H. Oh, Lord. 
There's a Triple H playlist, probably. No, I'm going. I'm going to YouTube for that. Triple H theme song. Wasn't Triple H the suck it? Was that, uh, no, that, that was him, that was him and Shawn Michaels and DH. Okay. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> Always love me some Triple H, man. Couldn't beat my homie Triple H. <laughs> my man Triple H. You got CM Punk. You got the Hardy Brothers. You got freaking Rey Mysterio. Can't beat them, man. Freaking legends. Shawn Michaels. Mmm. Bret Hart. Not saying Chris Benoit. For obvious reasons, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you need to know. Eddie Guerrero. Rest in peace, Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you're looking at me like because you don't know what the hell Chris Benoit did. No. Chris Benoit murdered his wife and child. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, so, and then so, probably committed suicide afterwards. Oh, so, so an OG Simpson kind of deal. <laughs> Just without to add a child. Without the Bronco escape. No. <laughs> no, he took the he took the nine mil escape. That's what he took. His nickname was Lightning in a Bottle. <laughs> was it like gunshot suicide or like hanging suicide? Uh, uh all I know is that Homie is not alive anymore. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but anyway, duh, on topic, we didn't talk about wrestling for some reason. Uh it's time to play the game. So, uh... Booyaka, booyaka. 619, hey, booyaka, booyaka. Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, what, getting back on... CM Punk has one of the best intros, though. It's fucking Kill Switch, man. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot about Edge. Metalingus, man. <laughs> Damn. What are we going to talk about EA? Because I, I want... No, no wait, were the early games made by EA as well? I don't know, no, man. No, fuck, I don't remember. But whenever we do talk... If we ever talk about wrestling games, it's probably just going to be, be me rambling for, like, hours. I don't know when we're going to talk about EA or any sports games right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, rest in peace, John Madden. He just passed away not too long ago. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Played a big part in my childhood and growing up. Rest in peace, John Madden. Um, but uh, back on, on the actual topic of today, <laughs> Sonic, uh, which has nothing to do with anything we've talked about so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody, I mean, everybody should know Sonic. I mean, he's pretty much just as recognizable as Mario to me, yeah. honestly. Uh, if you don't know who Sonic is, he's a blue cartoony hedgehog with red shoes that runs fast. And can roll up into a ball and stuff. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much his whole thing. In the thing. notes, do you have all the different variations of Sonic? Uh, I think I do under the characters. Uh, well, like, like, like hypersonic, supersonic, and stuff like that. Like his power, like his ultra-powered forms and everything. I think I do. But we'll, we'll get there when we get there, homie. But those aren't in the games, though. Those are. I think the only one that's in the games might be Supersonic, and that's it. Maybe. Because I know, like, whenever Sonic... I, what is it? It's, uh... Like, his last form, he basically just turns into God. It's just weird to me that Sonic has forms. Yeah. I but just, Sonic had Ultra Instinct before Ultra Instinct was even a thing. I, I mean, I just played the games to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
So, actually getting into the information here. <laughs> after eight minutes of podcast. <laughs> um, so, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog is a, uh, it's a Japanese video game series, which everybody should know that. It's made by Sega, who is a Japanese company. And uh, it's a media franchise also, and it was created and owned by uh, Sega, which I just said. <laughs> <laughs> and the franchise follows Sonic and anthropomorphic blue hedgehog <laughs> who battles the uh, evil Dr. Eggman, a mad scientist, <laughs> who is played by Jim Carrey in the movies. And uh, the main Sonic the Hedgehog games are platformers mostly developed by uh, Sonic Team. Uh, other games developed by various studios include spinoffs in the racing, fighting, party, and sports genres. The franchise also incorporates Jesus, bless you. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Incorporates printed media, animations, uh, feature films, and merchandise, which we won't really really be going into those. It's it's there for you to know. (laughs) Um, Sega developed the first Sonic game and released in uh, 1991 for the uh, Sega Genesis to compete with Nintendo's mascot, Mario, which uh, we went over that whole uh, story in the Sega episode, but there's a little bit more information on it here. And uh, its success helped Sega become one of the leading video game companies during the fourth generation of video game consoles in the early 1990s. And Sega Technical Institute developed the next three Sonic games, plus the spinoff uh, Sonic Spinball in 1993. And after a hiatus during the unsuccessful Saturn era, the first major 3D Sonic game, Sonic Adventure, was released in 1998 for the Dreamcast. And Sega uh, exited the console market and shifted to third-party development in 2001 and uh continuing the series on nintendo xbox and playstation systems so this is pretty much just like a little bit of intro information before we get into like the actual timeline of information but yeah uh i'm not sure if you have it in the notes on this about like the very first like sonic game that was made the uh the one is where you had like the ball instead of like a joystick it's like an arcade cabinet yeah, it might be in here. I don't know, man. I can't remember. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> uh, while Sonic games often have uh, unique game mechanics and stories, they feature reoccurring elements such as the uh, ring-based health system, uh, which is the uh, golden rings. I'm pretty sure people have probably yeah, and seen everybody's those. heard the sound effect. Everybody yeah, the, knows the sound effect. Yeah, the ding or whatever, the ding or whatever. Yeah. Um, Level locales and fast-paced gameplay, and uh, the games typically feature Sonic setting out to stop Eggman schemes for world domination, and the player navigates levels that include springs, slopes, bottomless pits, and vertical loops. And while Sonic and Eggman were the only characters introduced in the first game, the series would go on to have a large cast of characters, uh, some such as uh, Miles uh, Tails Prower, Knuckles the Echidna, and uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. RRF. As he should be called Shadow the Edge Hog. Pretty much. <laughs> and they have starred in spinoffs, and uh, the franchise has crossed over with other video game franchises and games such as Mario and Sonic, uh, Sega All-Stars, and Super Smash Brothers. And Sonic the Hedgehog is Sega's flagship franchise and one of the best-selling video game franchises, selling over 140 million units by 2016 and grossing over $6 billion as of 2020. And... Uh, Series sales and free-to-play mobile game downloads totaled 1.14 billion units as of 2020, 
and the Genesis Sonic games have been described as representative of the culture of the 1990s and listed among the greatest of all time, although later games, notably the 2006 series reboot, yeah, have been <laughs> criticized for a perceived decline in quality. <laughs> a perceived decline. Yeah. No, there is no perceived decline. Uh, Sonic is, uh, is influential in the video game industry and is frequently referenced in popular culture. And the franchise is also known for its fandom that produces unofficial media such as fan art and fan games. Yeah, Sonic fan art is not something I like to see. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a one with like Sonic and Batman? Or like Sonic and Shrek, and like I one think, one yeah. of them's pregnant. For some yeah, there's one of them. Uh, God, what, there, there, there's one. It, it had the uh, what's the name? Take on me. Yeah, it was like playing that in the background. It showed like this really, really shitty animation of like Mario and Sonic making out, and it's just like take on me and it's just them making out I'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> alright so we're in the uh, after all the intro information we are at the 1991 to 1996 era and uh, by 1990 uh, Japanese video game company Sega wanted to uh, they wanted a foothold in the video game console market with a 16 bit console and the uh, the Sega Genesis and uh, Sega's efforts had been uh stemmed by the uh, dominance of Nintendo, and the Genesis did not have uh, a large install base, and Nintendo did not take Sega seriously as a competitor. Oof. And, uh, yeah, the <laughs> big disrespect. <laughs> um, which, I mean, to be fair, at the time... No one was a competitor. No, Nintendo, Nintendo was, like, fucking on top. Yeah. They just... They, they, they had an ego at this point, pretty much. They still have an ego. Well, yeah, but it's probably a little less now. Than no, it was they, back no then. they still have an ego. Then why the fuck are they still charging me sixty bucks for a game that came out two thousand fifteen? <laughs> That's a good point. But no, I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they know by this point that they have competitors. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, clearly they have competitors. What I, what I was meaning by like at this time period, they have an e they had enough of an ego where they just assumed they didn't, didn't have competitors. Well, yeah. But now you know you got PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. Yeah, Steam. You can just count that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they got a lot more major people that are seen as a competitor. Yeah. And not only just people that make consoles, but people that make games that technically rival their games still. So. Which in no way am I a huge fan of Sega. And I've said this before in the Nintendo episode, but fuck Nintendo. Yeah. Um, Sega of America uh, CEO Michael Katz with a Z. It's hard for me to do a Z. <laughs> attempted to challenge Nintendo with the uh, Genesis does what Nintendo don't thing and uh, the marketing campaign and by collaborating with athletes and celebrities to create games and these efforts did not break Nintendo's dominance and Katz was replaced by Tom Kalinske formerly of Mattel and uh, I'm pretty sure we went over some of this in the Sega episode but it's in here so <laughs> we go over it again <laughs> Uh, Sega president Hayao uh, Hayao <laughs> Nakayama uh, decided Sega needed a flagship series and mascot to compete with Nintendo's Mario franchise. And Nintendo had recently released Super Mario Bros. 3 at the time, the best-selling video game ever. And Sega's strategy had been based on porting its successful arcade games to the Genesis. However, Nakayama recognized that Sega needed a star character in a game that could demonstrate the power of the Genesis hardware. It's hard to say 
Genesis's <laughs> the genocide. The Genesis's hardware. The genocide hardware. It sounds. It feels like I have a stutter when I say it. Genesis's. <laughs> An internal con- uh, contest was held to determine a flagship game with a focus on the American audience. Among the teams working on proposals that, uh, were artist uh, Naoto Oshima and programmer Yuji Naka. And uh, the gameplay of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, originated with a tech demo created by Naka, who had developed an algorithm that allowed a sprite to move smoothly on a curve by determining its position with a dot matrix. Uh, Naka's prototype uh, was a platform game that involved a fast-moving character rolling in a ball through a long, winding tube, and Sega Management accepted the duo's project, and they were joined by designer Hirokazu Yashuhara. And... uh, after uh, Yashuhara joined Naka and Oshima, their focus shifted to the protagonist, who Sega hoped um, could become its mascot. And the protagonist was initially a rabbit, able to grasp <laughs> objects with uh, prehensile ears. <laughs> and uh, but the concept was proved to uh, too complex for the hardware, and the team moved to uh, onto animals that could roll into a ball, and eventually settled on Sonic, a teal hedgehog created by Oshima. Uh, Naka's prototype was fleshed out with Oshima's character design and levels uh, conceived by Yashuhara. Uh, Sonic's color was chosen to match Sega's cobalt blue logo, and his red and white shoes were inspired by the uh, cover of Michael Jackson's 1987 album, Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, these notes are getting spicy here in a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. His personality was based on Bill Clinton's can-do attitude. I can do get my dick sucked under my desk. <laughs> uh, you know, Sonic ain't the only one getting tail in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> the antagonist, Dr. Eggman, was another character Oshima had designed for the contest. The team thought the abandoned design was excellent and retooled the character into a villain. The team took the name of... Uh, uh, Sonic team for the game's release and Sonic's first appearance came in Sega AM3's racing game Rad Mobile in 1991 five months before the release of Sonic the Hedgehog as an ornament hanging uh, from the driver's rearview mirror and uh, the Sonic developers uh, let AM3 use Sonic because they were interested in making the character visible to the public. Oh, that's actually pretty smart. It really is. I wonder how many other times... I mean, Disney does it all the fucking time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Disney and Pixar, like, they'll... Like, I remember... Monsters, Inc. came out before Nemo, did it not? Uh, I want to I say, yeah, because there's, like... There's, like, images of Nemo in, like, the background of Boo's room. I think that there is. Yeah, Disney's always done shit like that. Like, I, I, th- always I, think have, like, that I think it came out before Nemo, but I can't remember. <laughs> That's... Because all that, like, it's just like a cloud in my mind. Yeah... I need to go back and watch some of those older Disney movies again. Well, yeah, Disney's always done shit like that. I just wonder what other video games have done that. That's a good question. Well, um, I know this doesn't really go with what this is talking about, but I know in the Witcher Netflix series, one of the, uh, uh, in Kara Morin, one of the medallions that hangs from the tree of the, like, fallen witchers, that they, mm-hmm. they hang their medallions on the tree in the middle of the foyer. One of the medallions is the one from the from the games. Yeah. yeah I thought okay. that was cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just like how in the Sonic movie they had the Sanic meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. I gotta get... Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> I had to figure out where I was again. 
Although Katz was certain that Sonic would not be popular with American children, new CEO Kalinske arranged uh, to play Sonic the Hedgehog as the packing game with the Genesis. Um, featuring speedy gameplay, Sonic the Hedgehog received critical acclaim, greatly increased the popularity of the Sega Genesis in North America, and is credited with helping Sega gain 65% of the market share against Nintendo. And Naka was uh, dissatisfied with his treatment at Sega and felt he received little credit for his involvement in the success. He quit, but was hired by Mark Cerny uh, to work at the U.S.-based Sega Technical Institute, STI, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with a higher uh, salary and more creative freedom. And Yasuhara Yasuhara, uh, also decided to move to STI. STI began work on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, for 1992 in November of 1991. And level artist... uh, Yasushi Yamaguchi uh, designed Sonic's new sidekick, Tails, a flying two-tailed fox inspired by a mythological kitsune. Uh, which, if you guys don't know what a kitsune is, it's a mythological Japanese fox. I mean, it... Yeah. <laughs> well, it just says, a flying two-tailed fox. That was inspired by kitsune. Yes, but it's a, it just says mythological kitsune. I was just making sure they knew it was Japanese mythology. I don't want them thinking it was Norse or some shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Odin, Odin's just like, Oh, the mighty Kitsune! Konnichiwa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thor, you baka! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like its predecessor, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was a major success. But its development suffered from the language barrier and cultural differences between the Japanese and American developers. Uh, while STI developed Sonic 2, Oshima uh, led a team in Japan to create Sonic CD for the Genesis's. Uh, there it goes again, Genesis's. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a grammar mistake because, like, normally isn't if something ends with an S like that, you just put the uh, apostrophe and just cut off the S. Yeah, but you still pr- pronounce it Genesis's. Anyway, uh, uh, Genesis CD-ROM accessory, the Sega CD, uh, it was conceived as an enhanced port of Sonic 2, but evolved into a separate project. Um, Once development on Sonic 2 concluded, Cerny departed and was replaced by Roger Hector. Uh, STI divided into two teams, the Japanese developers led by Naka and the American developers and the Japanese uh, began work on Sonic the Hedgehog uh, 3, and it was initially developed as an isometric game using the Sega Virtual Processor chip, and but was restarted as a more conventional side-scrolling game after the chip was delayed. Uh, it was introduced. Uh, it introduced uh, Sonic's rival Knuckles, created by artist Takashi Thomas Yuta. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, most, the most American middle name for Thomas. an Asian man, Thomas. <laughs> uh, due to an impending promotion uh, with McDonald's and cartridges uh, size constraints, the project was split in two. The first half, Sonic 3, was released in February of 1994, and the second, Sonic and Knuckles, a few months later. And uh, the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge contains an adapter that allows players to connect it to Sonic 3, creating a combined game, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. (laughs) Uh, Sonic 3 and Sonic Knuckles, as 
uh, with their predecessors were acclaimed. And uh, to release a Sonic game in the time for the 1993 holiday shopping season, Sega commissioned the American team uh, to make a new game, the spin-off Sonic Spinball. While uh, Spinball received poor reviews, it sold well and helped build the reputation of its developers. Um, a number of Sonic games were developed for Sega's 8-bit consoles, the Master System, and the handheld uh, Game Gear. The first uh, and 8-bit version of the original Sonic was developed by Ancient to promote the Game Gear and released in December of 1991. Aspect Co. Um, developed most of the subsequent 8-bit Sonic games, beginning with a version of Sonic 2, and other Sonic games released during the period uh, during this period include Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, which is a Western localization of the uh, Japanese puzzle game Puyo Puyo. <laughs> and uh, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and, uh, which was an arcade game, and Knuckles Chaotix with an X at the end. Uh, a spinoff for the Genesis's 32X add on starring Knuckles. And that's the end of the uh, 91 to 96 era going into the. Uh, I went too far. Yes, you, did. you went too far again. There you go. Ninety. We're starting with the ninety-six to ninety-eight time. <laughs> but um, uh, so following the release of Sonic and Knuckles, Yashuhara quit Sega and Naka returned to Japan, having been offered a role as a producer. He was reunited with Oshima, uh, and brought with him uh, Takashi Izuka. <laughs> Uh, who had worked with Naka's team at STI. Uh, with Naka's return, Sonic Team was officially formed as a brand. Uh, Sonic Team began to work on a new intellectual property, Nights into Dreams, uh, for Sega's 32-bit Saturn console. In 1996, to uh, towards the end of the Genesis life cycle, uh, Sega released Sonic 3D Blast, an isometric game based on the original Sonic 3 concept as the system still had a large install base. And it was the final Sonic game produced for the Genesis and was developed as a swan song for the system. And uh, since Sonic Team was uh, preoccupied with Nights into Dreams, 3D Blast was outsourced to the British studio Traveler's Tales. Uh, while 3D Blast sold well, it was criticized for its gameplay, controls, and slow pace. Which I'm pretty sure if... Going if, from Sonic to anything else feels like slow. If I mean... If you're going to make a Sonic game, I'm pretty sure it needs, needs to not be slow. Yeah. That's kind of its whole shtick. <laughs> oh. It's like playing, like, Punch-Out, but you just take them for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, in America, STI worked on Sonic Extreme. And it's not spelled like extreme, it's X dash stream or tream extreme <laughs> a uh, 3d sonic game for the saturn intended for the 1996 holiday shopping season and development was hindered by disputes between sega of america and japan naka's refusal to let sti use the knight's uh game engine and problems adapting the series to 3d uh after two lead developers became ill extreme was canceled and journalist, uh, journalist and fans had uh, speculated about the impact Extreme might have had if it had, if it was released. 
with producer Mike Walls believing it definitely, in quotations here, definitely would have been competitive <laughs> uh, with the first 3D Mario game, Super Mario 64. I'm going to tell you right now, that shit would have to have been real good to compete with Mario 64. <laughs> uh, due to Extreme's uh, cancellation, Sega ported uh, Sonic 3D Blast to the Saturn and uh, with updated graphics and bonus levels developed by Sonic Team. Which, that's happened a bunch with uh, like remasters and re-releases and stuff like that. Like Even uh, Crash Bandicoot's Insane Trilogy has had extra, level, had extra levels added to it when it came out. Mm-hmm. So... Um, in 1997, Sega announced Project Sonic, a promotional campaign aimed at increasing market awareness of the renewing excitement for the Sonic brand. And uh, the first uh, Project Sonic release was Sonic Jam, a compilation of the main Genesis Sonic games, which included a 3D overworld uh, Sonic team used to experiment with 3D Sonic uh, gameplay. And uh, Sonic Team and Traveler's Tales collaborated again on the second project, uh, Sonic game, Sonic R, (laughs) a 3D racing game and uh, the only original Sonic game for the Saturn. And uh, Sonic Jam was well received while Sonic R's reviews were more divided. Um, The cancellation of Sonic Extreme as well as the Saturn's general lack of Sonic games are considered important factors in the Saturn's commercial failure. And according to Nick Thorpe of Retro Gamer, by mid-1997, uh, Sonic had essentially been shuffled into the background. It was astonishing to see just six years after his uh, debut, Sonic was already retro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all quotations. <laughs> so, damn. <laughs> Which, I mean, by that time, by that time, a lot of things were becoming retro. Yeah. So, understandable. Yeah. So, that's not really that big of a thing to me, anyway. So, we are now going into the 98 to 05 uh, time period. Just a little bit before it all went downhill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With its Sonic's Jam experiments, Sonic Team began developing a 3D Sonic platformer for the Saturn. The project stemmed from a uh, proposal by Izuka... um, to develop a Sonic role-playing uh, video game uh, with an emphasis on storytelling, and development moved to Sega's new console, the Dreamcast, which Naka believed would allow for the ultimate Sonic game. Uh, Sonic Adventure, directed by Izuka, was released in 1998, was one of the first sixth-generation video games, and uh, it introduced elements that became series staples, such as artist Yuji Ikawa, uh, Uikawa, yeah, uh, Uikawa's new character designs influenced by comics and animation. In 1999, Izuka and 11 other Sonic Team members relocated to San Francisco and established Sonic Team USA. And uh, Sonic Team USA developed the more action-oriented Sonic Adventures uh, 2 for 2001. Uh, before the release, Oshima left Sega to form uh, Artoon. Uh, while both adventure games were well received, and first uh, and the first sold over two million copies, consumer interest in the Dreamcast quickly faded, and Sega's attempts to spur sales uh, through lower prices and cash rebates caused uh, escalating financial losses. What's up? 
Would you? You said as soon as you said faded, it made me think of this really dumbass TikTok. I, <laughs> I, I didn't send it to you, but you know that uh, it's like this dude. I, I don't know what he is. He's like Chinese and like Mexican mix or something like that, or either he's like a Mexican and black mix or something like that. But uh, he's the one that always has like that weird voice. But he's like, damn, bro. What do you mean? He always had like that really weird mustache. Oh, and like yeah. that, and like that crop haircut and everything. <laughs> One of them, he was in a church, and he was a pastor. He's like, "I give you the blood of Christ. Here, consume it." And then he drank it. And he's like, "Bro, what am I feeling? I'm getting cross faded." And the preacher's like, "Hey, you get it now." And he's like, and all of a sudden, it just shows him in heaven, going like. <laughs> oh my God. Like I saw that, I'm just like, that's a damn good joke. That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Whenever he said the blood of Christ, he said it with all bees because it was a blood, the blood of Bryce. <laughs> and it was like, damn, bro, I'm cross faded. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's so. I love it, man. Um, <laughs> in January of 2001, uh, Sega announced it was discontinuing the Dreamcast to become a third-party developer, and the following December, Sega released an expanded port of Sonic Adventure 2 for Nintendo's GameCube. Afterwards, Sonic Team USA developed the first multi-platform Sonic game, Sonic Heroes, for the GameCube, Microsoft's Xbox, and Sony's PlayStation 2. And the game, again directed by Uza, uh, Izuka, uh, was designed for a broad audience, and Sega Team revived elements not seen since the Genesis era, such as uh, special stages and uh, the Chaotix characters. Uh, reviews for Sonic Heroes were mixed. Uh, while its graphics and gameplay were praised, critics felt it failed to address the problems of previous Sonic games, such as the camera, uh, and Sonic Team also ported Sonic Adventure with additional content to the GameCube in 2003 and Windows in 2004 to mixed reviews. What were they complaining about the camera? Was it still side? Like a side-scrolling thing? Wasn't... I think Heroes was, like, the first one that, like, switched between... That switched between the two. Yeah, switched between, like, being behind Sonic's back and being to his side. I, if I believe, if I remember correctly, I think that Heroes was the one of the ones that did that. I like that, though. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it still is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Sega continued to release 2D Sonic games, and in 1999, it collaborated with SNK to produce Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure, an adapt, uh, adaptation of Sonic 2 for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which uh, SNK will probably go over in the future, definitely, because they're the ones that created, uh, you know, uh, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, and like Samurai Showdown and everything, yeah. so... Uh, which those are all fighting games. They made more than that, but you know, <laughs> main ones. Yeah. Uh, some SNK staff uh, formed Dimps. <sighs> <laughs> if you guys don't know who Dimps is, Xenoverse. <laughs> and the new like Dead by Daylight clone. Yeah, and also uh, the Dragon Ball Legends mobile game yeah so yeah um yeah they formed uh dimps the following year and developed original 2d sonic games sonic adventure uh sonic advance my bad uh sonic advance 2 and sonic advance 3 they're getting real hairy with these titles 
uh, <laughs> for Nintendo's Game Boy Advance. Uh, and Sonic Advance was the first original Sonic game released for a Nintendo console after Sega and Nintendo's fierce rivalry in the 1990s. Uh, it was outsourced to uh, Dimps because uh, Sonic Team was understaffed with employees uh, familiar with the Game Boy Advance. And Dimps also developed Sonic Rush for the Nintendo DS, which uses a 2.5D perspective, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's like, it's 2D, but 3D, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, the, the game stays in a 2D format, but everything in it is built in 3D. So, I like, think of, like, you know, uh, like, say, like, uh, in a newer Mario game, you basically have a section where, like, it's like, you're looking at the camera, the camera's, like, to his side, like it's a side-scrolling game. Yeah. So it's like doing the the 2D side-scrolling classic style of Mario, but everything is still 3D in it, which uh, I think I, I think a couple of sections of like Mario Odyssey did that stuff. Just kind of like that. Like, it's 2D, but everything in it is built in 3D. Or like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is in a 2D style, but everything in the game is in a 3D format. So just that's pretty much all of what 2.5D means. Um, Dimps, uh, Dimps project projects received generally, uh, favorable reviews and, uh, to introduce older games to new fans, Sonic teams, uh, developed two compilations, Sonic Mega Collection and, uh, Sonic Gems Collection and, uh, further spinoffs included the party game Sonic Shuffle, the pinball game Sonic Pinball Party, and the fighting game Sonic Battle, which I didn't even know that one existed. Me neither. <laughs> um, and now we're getting into the 05 to 010 era. Mm. Or not 010, but the 05 to... <laughs> <laughs> the 2005 to 2010 era, which uh, this is when uh, things go a little bad. Just just a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um let me further let me further elaborate on that um yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think the weirdest thing about sonic 06 to me was just the fact that like sonic was like developing a romantic relationship with a like final fantasy style human female <laughs> uh <laughs> things about that don't really jive with me. <laughs> there numerous complaints about Aerith getting murked too early. We decided to make Sonic fuck a real human female. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, just like how it's just like how the dude who made uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, like he was getting in trouble. He's like, if you don't let me continue this, I'll make Jar Jar Binks canonically fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he did. That mad lad. <laughs> you suck at pussy tonight. <laughs> uh, after completing uh, Sonic Heroes, Sonic Team USA was renamed uh, Sega Studios USA. And uh, its uh, next project was Shadow the Hedgehog for 2005, a spinoff starring the popular Adventure 2 character Shadow. And while Shadow retains most elements from previous Sonic games, it was aimed at a uh, mature audience and introduced third-person shooting and non-linear gameplay. And Shadow the Hedgehog was planned for its con- uh, was panned, my bad, for its controls, level design, and mature themes. But was a commercial uh, success, uh, selling at least 1.59 million units. It was a good game. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was. was a- a- 
It was a weird game to me. It was good. But, it, I mean, I had fun with it. But, like, it, to me, it just felt odd. It was good. <laughs> I loved like, every bit of it. It's just this black and red Sonic with a gun. That's that cost. <laughs> <laughs> Homie went hard. He didn't play. <laughs> went hard in the paint. <laughs> he sure did. Went <laughs> hard in the motherfucking paint. Oh. <laughs> uh, for the franchise's uh, 15th anniversary in 2006, Sonic Team developed Sonic Riders, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and a Game Boy Advance port of the original Sonic. Sonic Riders, uh, the first Sonic game, the Sonic Racing game uh, since Sonic R, was designed to appeal uh, extreme sports fans as well as pop, uh, regular Sonic fans. Uh, with a more realistic setting than previous entries, Sonic the Hedgehog, commonly referred to as Sonic 06, <laughs> was, uh. was intended intended to reboot the series for 7th generation consoles such as the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Uh, the development faced serious problems. Yes. Uh, Naka, the last of the original uh, Sonic development team, resigned as head of Sonic Team to form Prope. And uh, the team uh, split so work could begin on a Nintendo Wii Sonic game. And according to Izuka... Uh, these incidents, coupled with uh, stringent Sega deadlines and an unpolished game engine, forced Sonic Team <laughs> <laughs> to rush development. It's always the game engine's fault. <laughs> Sonic was rushing all right now. <laughs> None of the 15th anniversary Sonic games were successful critically, <laughs> and Sonic 06 became regarded as the worst game in the series panned for its bugs, camera, controls, and story. <laughs> and uh, Brian Shi of Game Informer wrote that it became synonymous with the struggles the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise had faced in recent years. Um, Sonic 06 was meant to be a return to the series' roots, but it ended up damning the franchise in the eyes of many. <laughs> uh, that's some hard words right there. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, people still talk about Sonic 06. I mean, yeah. I mean, and this is literally, oh my god, 16 years fucking later. Yeah, people are still shit talking that game. Uh, there's still people just randomly uploading videos. It's like, so I went back and played Sonic, Sonic 06. 06. I'm just like, yeah, people, you still, poor bastard. <laughs> people still shit talk this game. It was that bad. I will admit, out of all the Sonic games I played that had the cameras like ability to switch perspectives, mm -hmm. Sonic 06 was bad. Like, it was just, it was awful. Like, that shit would go through, like, you'd be, like, going through, like, an area with, like, mountains or some shit, and that shit would be going through a mountain, you can't see a damn thing. <laughs> so, I will give them that on the camera thing for that game. And it's like that one YouTube video we watched, that one boss will literally infinite you. Yeah. And just, he would catch you in a combo and just You're talking you. about, uh, fucking, uh... Silver thump yeah, something. Yeah. Was it, was it just called Silver? Silver the Hedgehog? No, it wasn't Silver the Hedgehog. I think it was just called like Silver or some shit like that. I don't know. It's it's the Silver version of Sonic. Let's just call it that. Yeah, they would <laughs> they would just catch you in this loop and kill you instantly. Yep. Um, fair and balanced gameplay. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first Sonic game for the Wii, uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings, uh, takes place in the world of uh, of Arabian Nights and was released instead of a port of Sonic 06. Citing lengthy development times, Sega switched plans and conceived a game that would uh, use the motion detection of the Wii Remote, and uh, Sega released a sequel, Sonic and the Black Knight, set in the world of King Arthur uh, in 2009, and uh, 
Secret Rings and Black Knight form what is known as the Sonic Storybook subseries, and uh, a Sonic Rider sequel, Zero Gravity, was developed for the Wii and PlayStation 2, and Dimps returned to the Sonic series with Sonic uh, Rush Adventure, a sequel to Sonic Rush in 2007. And uh, while BioWare developed the first Sonic RPG, Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood, also for the DS, uh, Backbone Entertainment developed two Sonic games exclusive to the PlayStation Portable, or the PSP, uh, Sonic Rivals and Sonic Rivals 2. Which I never knew Bioware made a Sonic game. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I think of Bioware, I think of KOTOR, or Mass Effect, or Dragon Age. Yeah. Not Not Sonic. fucking Sonic. <laughs> Hot take. You know, I think of good games. <laughs> there, ha- I-, I will say this. There have been good Sonic games. But not a lot. Sonic Sonic 06 and Sonic Unleashed were definitely not were not good games. Sonic is really hit or miss, in my opinion. Yes. Like, with the way its games are. Like, they're either pretty damn good... Or suck shit out of a tube. Yeah. <laughs> suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Yes. Full metal jacket. No, I got some even better. Suck an egg through a garden hose and the egg come out intact. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, no, no, because that would no, then that would mean that the game had some kind of like smoothness to it. Because you yep. can't. Because you gotta be smooth with your lips to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't lick them now. Dry ass, little heaven ass. <laughs> there are so many just like Sonic. I, I could probably sift through my phone and probably find like a hundred Sonic. Man, memes. the amount of Sonic memes I've seen in my life, I can't even count. And none of them even relate to anything Sonic. No, they're just, just stupid shit. shit. It's just him saying something stupid. I about, about like that one meme I think I shared. It was like it was like picture of picture of cool dude, unrelatable quote that you think relates to you, even though it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the guy from Peaky Blinders. Oh, Tom, and they, oh, it's always Thomas Shelby. Leave Tommy Shelby alone. <laughs> he is a cool dude. I do relate to him. Not really. But yes. <laughs> um, Sonic Team began working on Sonic Unleashed uh, in 2005. And it was conceived as a sequel to Adventure 2, but became a standalone entry after Sonic Team introduced innovations to uh, separate it from the adventure games. Uh, With Unleashed, uh, Sonic Team sought to combine the best aspects of 2D and 3D Sonic games and address criticisms of previous 3D entries, although uh, reviews were mixed. Uh, And that brings us to the, the 2010 to the present uh, time era. The 2010. Yeah, the 2010. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then there's this. I don't know what the fuck it's from. I, don't, I have no idea what this fucking meme is from. Yeah, I don't it's know it's from is. something... Oh, you want to know what's right next to it? What? <laughs> I don't know why I still have this in my phone. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, <laughs> it's it was like one of your like re- right off. really old profile pictures on Facebook. I think <laughs> that was my first Facebook profile. <laughs> <laughs> it's an era I like to leave behind. You don't know where you don't know where that was taken. <laughs> where? That was taken at fucking Jacob Earl's house, <laughs> fucking Charles Walters house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess sad Sonic right next to it was fitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, but anyway, 2010 to the present time, um, Izuka was uh, installed as the head of uh, Sonic Team in 2010 and became the Sonic producer. And Izuka felt Sonic was struggling because it lacked uh, unified direction. Yeah, that's what it lacked. Uh, <laughs> so Sonic Team uh, refocused on more traditional side-scrolling elements and fast-paced gameplay. And Sonic the Hedgehog 4, a side-scrolling episodic sequel to Sonic and Knuckles, co-developed by so- uh, Sonic Team and Dimps, began with Episode 1 in 2010, followed by Episode 2 in 2012, and later in two, uh, 2010, Sega released uh, Sonic Colors for the Wii and DS. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, which expanded on the well-received aspects of Unleashed and introduced the Wisp power-ups. And uh, for the series' 20th anniversary in 2011, uh, Sega released Sonic Generations for the Xbox 360, PS3, and Windows. Uh, A separate version was developed by Dimps for the uh, Nintendo 3DS, and uh, Sonic Generations featured reimagined versions of levels from previous Sonic games and reintroduced the classic Sonic design uh, from the Genesis era. And uh, these efforts were better received, especially in comparison to Sonic 06 and Unleashed, which is not hard to do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could shit on a computer and make a better game than that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, in May 2013, Nintendo announced it was collaborating with Sega to produce Sonic games for its Wii U and 3DS platforms. The first game... Uh, And the partnership 2013 Sonic Lost World was also the first Sonic game for the 8th generation hardware. And uh, Sonic Lost World was designed to be streamlined and fluid in movement and... uh and fluid in movement and design, my bad. <laughs> Borrowing elements from Nintendo's Super Mario Galaxy games and the cancelled Extreme. <laughs> um, the second was Mario and Sonic at the uh, Sochi 2014 uh, Olympic Winter Games. Say that three times fast. <laughs> For the Wii U. And uh, the fourth Mario and Sonic game and a 2014 Winter Olympics uh, tie-in. Um, the deal was completed in 2014 with the release of Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric uh, for the Wii U and Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal for the 3DS. And these games were based on the uh, Sonic Boom television series, which that's about as far as we're going to go into that. (laughs) Uh, Sonic Lost World uh, polarized critics, uh, while critics found Mario and Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games mediocre. (laughs) Gotta say it really fast so I can get through it. And uh, panned the Sonic Boom games. Uh, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, a Shattered Crystal sequel, was released in 2016. Uh, Sega began to release more Sonic games for mobile phones, such as iOS and Android devices, after Australian programmer Christian Taxman Whitehead uh, developed a version of Sonic CD for modern consoles in 2011. He collaborated with fellow Sonic fan Simon Stealth Tomley. Ugh. That's a horrible... Fu- what kind of nicknames are Taxman and Stealth? <laughs> I mean, it honestly sounds like I'm playing Modern Warfare. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they collaborated to develop remasters of the original Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for iOS and Android, which were released in 2013. And uh, the remasters were developed uh, using Whitehead's Retro Engine, an engine tailored for uh, 2D projects, and received praise. Uh, Sonic Dash... Uh, a Temple Run-style Endless Runner was developed by Hardlight, 
and downloaded over 350 million times by 2020 and received a Sonic Boom themed sequel in 2015. And Sonic Team released Sonic Runners, uh, its first game for mobile devices in uh, 2015. And uh, Sonic Runners was also an endless runner, but was unsuccessful and was discontinued a year after release. Uh, Gameloft released a sequel, Sonic Runners Adventure, in 2017 to generally positive reviews. So, right now, it just seems like anybody but Sega releases a Sonic game, it does good. <laughs> Sega releases it? No. <laughs> Pretty much what's going on. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we're going to stop off there and then continue this in a part two. Uh, I'm pretty sure this one won't go past two parts. No. Uh, what page are we on right now? Uh, we are on... 11, 11 of 17. Yeah, so... It's not gonna... It's gonna be a two-parter. Not a three-parter. Thank fucking God. So, <laughs> well, I find... I find the shit about Sonic more interesting than I do about Sega itself. Which, I mean... That's understandable, just because... A lot of times, you'll, a lot of people find something about a game way more interesting than, than the, the company, company itself. Which isn't hard to do. It really isn't. Well, I mean, because well, like the only thing that that I have a beef with about talking about companies is that a lot of times it is just politics. Yeah, just politics and bureaucrat like bureaucrat bullshit. Which that's every company. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a company that you don't get a lot of that. It's just tied in with the fucking business. That's just how it is, though. <clears throat> That's how the world works. That's how it go round and round. That's how we keep a turning. <laughs> Not really gravity keep a turning, but you know, <laughs> gravitational pull. Uh, but <clears throat> so far, uh, we're gonna do the game plan is to do, uh, of course, these episodes and the other two games we have planned for uh, uh, Sega. And then after that, we're going to do the uh, favorite antagonist episodes. Uh, don't really know how many there are going to be of that yet. We're still working on the lists. But uh, those will be after these, and then after that, we'll cover the next company, which I'm I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of who it would be. I don't want to give it away yet, though. You know, I want to leave it a surprise to the whole five people that listen to us. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think me and Kayla can both agree on this that the next game series that we do, it's we're gonna have some friends over to talk about that as well. Yes, the the next one we're doing, we're gonna uh, try to get uh, some of our buddies, uh, Robert and James, to talk on it with us, just because they know a lot more about the franchise than we do. A, lot, a good bit more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've only played one of the games, and that was it. Yeah, which I've played a little bit of two of the games. I haven't completed either of them, but, you know. <laughs> uh, it's neither here nor there. But, uh, hope everybody had a good New Year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, hope uh, anybody that is uh, listening to us uh, looks forward to more content. Because uh, there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, that's pretty much all we got. Um, we'll pick this up on the next next week. And uh, as always, I am your host, Caleb Center. And this is me, Trevor, or your Lord and Savior, King Thick. I wouldn't go that far. Yes, uh, I would. <laughs> and this has been another episode of Auto Save Disabled. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Love y'all.